Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. Good morning. Uh, it's good to, to be here and Happy New Year to everyone. I haven't said Happy New Year to, it's only the second week I think in January, isn't it? Yeah, I, th- I hope you're all excited to be here this morning. You had a good Christmas, good New Year. I did, I had a good Christmas, I had a good birthday just after Christmas. Don't ask how old I am. Don't try to guess either. But anyway, I'm still taking presents for those the Spirit is still speaking to. Amen. And so, today we're just going to read and learn from the book of Exodus 13. If you can read, uh, uh, open your Bibles to Exodus 13 from verse 3. So that's Exodus 13 from verse 3. So then Moses said to the people, commemorate this day, the day you came out of Egypt. Out of the land of slavery, because the Lord brought you out of it with a mighty hand. Eat nothing containing yeast. Today, in the month of Aviv, you are living. We ask, where are they living? And where are they going? What's happening here? Okay. So if you look back a bit, if we go back a bit in the book of Exodus... We realize that Moses is speaking to the children of Israel. They are in the land of Egypt. They are in captivity. They are slaves. So if you look back there, Exodus 3 verse 7, it says, The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. And I am concerned about their suffering. Amen. God, he was concerned about their suffering. And he says this, So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, and other types. Yes. So God is concerned about their slavery. They are in captivity. And what we just read, Moses is addressing them there now. Today, you are living. Today, you are living your slavery. If you go back again in the book of Genesis 50, 25, their grandfather, or patriarch Joseph, He's about to die. He says this to the children of Israel. He asks his brothers. In fact, he sort of knows this time was going to come. He says, And Joseph made the sons of Israel swear an oath and said, God will surely come to your aid. And then you must carry my bones up from this place. If God was going to come to their aid, If someone is coming to your aid, you need help. 
They are coming to help you. So what would Joseph say? This is dying. These are his dying words. He knows something might happen as they are settling in Egypt. It was all okay then because they were his brothers. They've come. Moses, uh, Joseph has done good in this land. They've settled okay. They're not in slavery yet. But he says, remember and promise me this. God at some point will come to your aid. And when he come, take my bones out with you. So he knows. Joseph is one man who knew in this life there come a point. You can be betrayed by those who trust. You can be put in prison without committing an offense. You can be accused for something you didn't do. So he knows. This is going to be a long journey for you. It's okay now, my brothers. But at some point, whatever happens, God is going to come to your aid. When he comes, take my bones with you. And so they settle in Egypt. Fast forward, a pharaoh arose into power. He doesn't know much about Joseph. He gets threatened that the, the population growing of the Israelites, he decided to make them slaves. So they are slaves now in Egypt. God meets Moses. And he says, Moses, have you heard my children's cries? I am concerned about their captivity. I have come down to take them out. My friends, you're sitting here. Whatever captivity you found yourself in, God is concerned. God is concerned. He comes down for you. He comes down for you. You need to know that. So he tells Moses, I've come down. You and me, mate, we are going to go on this mission. Moses tries to ask God. He can't do it. He gives his reasons. God says, no, this is my mission. You just represent me. So Moses takes it on. He goes to Pharaoh. God tells him what to do. And today, the scripture we read, first Exodus 13, 3 to 4. Moses is then addressing the Israelites. They've come out of Egypt. They are coming out of it. My friends, God's plan will never change. From the beginning, it was not his intention that his children will be in captivity. He wants them free. Leadership in Egypt changed. The pharaohs changed. Things will change in your life. God's plan will never change. He promised Abraham. He promised Joseph. He spoke to Moses. They were to go to the same land. The land that was flowing with milk and honey. The land God wanted them in never changed. It never changed. Things changed in their journey to get there, but it never changed. And so the desire for God for your life, it's never changed. And so we are sitting here this morning. We find ourselves in an Egypt. We are captivities. We are captive. We are slaves. What makes us slaves? 
but makes us not move to freely worship the way we want to. And so if you read the book of uh, 2 Timothy 3 to 5, sometimes it is the sins of our lives that we delve into, delve out of, becomes part of our character, becomes us, it defines us. It's okay. I can live with them. I'm not a murderer. But 2 Timothy 2, 3 to 5, 2 Timothy 3 to 5, it says this. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents. Say that to my children. Ungrateful, <laughs> unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, trickers, rash, rash, Conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power. And so we can find ourselves, some of these things listed. And Paul goes on to say, have nothing to do with such people. <laughs> I wonder if we ought to confess who will be near us. But sometimes what's listed here, we find we are captive to them. It strangles us. We can't move forward. We justify these things. It's not so bad compared to what others do. So the sins in our lives, my friends, they can hold us captive. And some things that can hold us in captivity could be the things that have happened in our lives. We have not sinned. We didn't cause these things to happen. So some experiences or bad things that just keep happening to you. You don't know why it's happening to you. Why is it not happening to others? What's wrong with me? Oh, when we've lost our loved ones, we get caught in the grip of grief for a very long time. We get captured by it. I remember as I was growing up, as a young girl, I was about six or seven, there about. I lost a brother. He was a year younger than me. We used to play together, and a few weeks he went to hospital. He died. A few years later, I lost another sister. She was younger than me. A few years later, I lost a brother. He was older than me. And from those experiences as a family, you start panicking. We are thinking, what's wrong with us? It's not happening in, to our neighbors. People around us are not losing children like that. As well as a family, we became very conscious of which families we can play with. You can't just freely visit certain relatives because you never know. You never know. So we become captivities. We try to protect ourselves. Thinking if we don't talk to that person, we won't lose another sibling. We won't lose another child. And so we couldn't really play with anyone. We had to choose. 
And so like myself, some of you are sitting here this morning. Bad experiences have happened in your life. Probably just like me or worse. And so we've closed ourselves to the world. We've pulled the fence. Closed ourselves in. You can only get this far. People can just get this far. You can't get near me. Because I know I've been hurt. I know I've been through. You don't understand. No, we might not understand. But God understands. And he is concerned. And he's coming down for you. And so my friends this morning. As we assess our lives. And be very truthful to ourselves. What is it that's holding you captive? And so as it was God's desire that they move from this land of captive to a land of freedom. If we can look together, how then? How then, my friends? Can we move to the land we say, you know what? I am free. You know what? I am free. And so we're going to look at three points that I think we can learn from. As you look at the children of Israel as they moved out of Egypt, how does that apply to our lives? How do we move to our land of freedom? Amen. So the first thing we need to do, we need to let go of our fears. A lot of us, we are gripped by fear if we know we've got to change the fear of what we don't know. What's there? I don't like it. Because you see, in Egypt, though they were captive, captive that there were slaves there, it's a land they'd known for a long time. They'd stayed there for a very long time. Some of the Israelites were even elders, if you look further. Moses goes to talk to the Israelites' elders, their titles in it. They knew this land. That's where they were born. But now God is saying, no, 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 no. This is not it. You have the land I have set apart for you. So you need to move and go to it. So they had to let go of fearing the unknown. And just trust God that he knows. And go with him. As some of us this morning, God has been speaking to our hearts. Leave that. Leave that group of friends. And we can't because we won't have friends. The things we do to hold on to, th- to, to what we think is, is good for us. And yet we know we are not really representing God in it. We need to let go and go with God. Deuteronomy 31, 6, it says this. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. Who are them? The things that terrify you. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He never does that. He never leaves you. And for some of us, we know it's not a question 
of I'm confused. I don't know whether I should leave. But you know, God is calling you to greater things. But the magnitude of you thinking, oh my goodness. You see, Moses, when in um, Genesis 6.30, when God goes to Moses, he said, Moses, you are the man for this mission. He said, Lord, I can't, I, I can't speak. I've got no voice for this. This is not for me. God reminded him and said, who makes men speak? And so to some of you might need to hear this this morning. Who makes you walk? Who makes you speak? Who makes you think it is God? So when he says this is for you, it is for you. He will guide you. He will go with you. He will not forsake you. He will not leave you. He is our God. He will do what he says he will do. I remember when we were younger, we went on a school trip. And so this trip, we went to a dam, D-A-M, dam. <laughs> so we got there and um, we were going to learn about water pressure or something like that, science, I think. And uh, the lesson was going to be conducted in the, mi at the middle of the dam. So it was such that they built a bridge from the shore of the dam. So you had to walk through this bridge to the middle of it. Okay? And we got there. Lo and behold, it's not what I thought it would be. My phobia of heights and water just gripped me. And I stood there. I could not move. I could not move. So he had to walk through this bridge to the little house sort of that was built in the middle of the dam. That's where the lesson was going to be conducted. So the teacher goes there. Some children were brave enough followed. And so I'm there going, I can't do it. I can't do it. And so they, they, there's this moment, isn't everyone thinking you're joking? And then like, oh, I just got to tell you, they didn't know. No, really, I cannot do it. And so they all went. I was just left with one of my friends. I'm stuck. I don't know some of you who've read phobias before. It just, it grips you. You can't move. You can't do anything. And I remember this boy who used to tease me in class, told, you know, he always get those who are, nah, 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 you know, those... <laughs> So he just passes me by. He goes, patience, I could poke your nose. I could poke your forehead. And you won't do anything to me. Look at the fear on your face. I just went, but I could not move. He was right. I could do nothing. So he ran off. And then my friend who stayed with me, she said, you know what? What we are going to be taught there, I think the teacher is going to test us. It's going to come at the exam. <laughs> I think no chance. <laughs> so I could not read it from the textbook. I had to walk the walk and get to there. So my friend says this to me. Hold my hand. There are rails at the, at the edge of this bridge. So you hold my hand, the other hand on the rail. Let's walk slowly. 
until we get to where we are going. The other thing is do not look around. Just look probably down on the path we are walking in. Or focus to the building we are going to. And we did that. Come exam time, I was happy. I did it. And so some of you this morning, you need to stop looking at the waters around you. Because what gripped me most, what, made, what fed my fears, was the fact that I'm looking at the water thinking I can drown. I'm looking at the height of the bridge. I will fall. I forgot to look at the rails. I forgot to look at the path. I forgot I had a friend. And so I'm looking at the waters. And so some of you this morning, focus on Jesus. Focus on Jesus. Hold on to Jesus. God came down for the Israelites. Hold on to Jesus. Hold on to Jesus. Because we will drown. The waters are there. The water was there. But it's changing your focus and say, ah, yes, the water is there. But no, you know what? Jesus is alive. Jesus is here. Jesus is holding my hand. Jesus will not forsake me. So I'm going to leave my fears and go where you said we should go. Amen. The second point, we need to listen to God. As simple as it is, listen to God. If we're going to leave our Egypt, if we're going to leave the land of captivity, what does God say? Second Timothy spoke of sins that we delve into that we make part of our lives. But what does the Bible say? Paul went on to say, detach from such. That's what the Bible says. So when we start reading his word, hear what God says, his written word. My friend, you find you've got anger issues. You are stuck in that slavery. What does the Bible say about this? Because what happens, the devil comes to remind you, you're okay to be like that. Don't you remember your father was like that? Don't you remember it's in your DNA? But I don't need him to tell me that. I want to know what my father says about this. What does the Bible say about this? So he speaks in his word. We need to read the Bible. If 2016 was not very good for you, my friend, try reading the Bible in 2017. See what God says about your situation. For those of us who've had bad things happening, I am grieving, I am in pain. People don't understand. But what, God, what does God say about it? What is he saying? You see, for the Israelites, it was a long journey. Moses went to address Pharaoh. Plague after plague after plague. 
just so they could get to that time where they'll leave. And so in our lives, we don't need that so long a journey like they did. Jesus has done it all. He's done it all for us. It's for us just to take. The Bible says it. We need to listen to God's word. Anyone has access to the gospel, my friends. Anyone has got access to the Bible. We need to listen. And we are living in a time where I believe the, the words of the book of Acts, where he said, I'll pour out my spirit upon every flesh. Your daughters, your sons, everyone is included in it. And we are getting so much prophecies, very accurate. And so God speaks to us through prophecy. So we, we need to count ourselves really blessed. He speaks to We've got so much information at our fingertips. What is God saying? You see, Moses was the man God chose to lead the Israelites. They had to listen to him. They had to hear what Moses said, follow what he said, for them to move out. And so in our lives, God has brought some Moseses. We've got leaders amongst us. If we're going to move as a body of Christ in unity, we need to listen to our leaders, don't we? God has chosen them to lead us. And so we need to try and listen to leadership. Amen. Last week we had a sermon on growing in Christ. Abide in Christ. 2017, grow in Christ. We're not going to grow if you don't listen to what he says. We listen to God's instructions. If you look back a bit in Exodus, as Moses is telling them that, now we're about to leave. They don't just pack bags and go. There's a process they go through the last plague, the 10th plague. It's very interesting. He tells them that tonight, or this time, take a lamp, kill it, smear the blood on your doorpost. The angel of death is going to come. He will pass over you if the blood is on your door. That same time, the meat that's from the lamp, you've got to eat it. Do not boil it. Eat it roasted. He gives very specific instructions. Whilst you are eating it, he says, wear your sandals. Tuck your clocks in your belt. You are living. So there are very specific instructions that they've got to follow. And so if we are going to take this story of Jesus seriously, what does he say? What instructions has he left for us? My friends, we are living between time. He came. He died. He rose again. Went to be with the Father. He's coming back again. We are in between time. We are awaiting. He's coming back. 
And so if we are, and we take what he says seriously, what are we doing? What did he say we should be doing in the meantime? We need to listen to God. We need to listen to God. Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him. And he will make your path straight. Third and not last, we need to live in freedom. If we're going to talk about the path to freedom, live in it. Why do I say this? For the Israelites, it was a, a long journey. Because Moses went there, plague, Pharaoh resists plague, ten plagues, until they come out. Also, they were required, if you read Exodus 12, they had to kill a lamb, smear the blood on their doorposts. That would be a sign that they shouldn't be killed. Their firstborn shouldn't be killed. But for us, my friends, we don't need to do that. Because Isaiah says this, Isaiah 53, 5 to 7. But he was pierced for transgressions. He was crushed for iniquities. The punishment that was brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us have turned our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Jesus is the lamb that was sacrificed for you and me. So the work is done on the cross. He's completed it. So freedom is for yours to take. Or maybe we don't believe what he did. We doubt. The Israelites, we, we, we saw. Joseph knew something had happened. Something happened. They went into slavery. Joseph knew God would come for them. God came for them. They left. God's plan for your life has never changed. When Jesus says finished, on the cross of Calvary, it is finished. It is finished. John 10 uh, verse 10 says this. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. He came that we can have life. Life in abundance. You see, the thief will come and say to you, you're okay stuck in that. You're okay. I know your pain. It's been hard. You are justified to hold on to it until you die. He's killing your future. He tells you it's okay. He can keep sinning that way. You are, you are weak. God understands this. He's stealing our future. But Jesus says this, I come that you can have life. Life in abundance. And some of us, we've taken it to mean, if Jesus died, I should have millions of, millions of pounds in my bank. 
I should have cash in abundance. I should have friends in abundance. And so we do anything to keep these things. We do anything to pursue these things. Justifying because Jesus came and said, I should have things in abundance. But I believe it means this. He comes so we can have life in abundance. Those with with no money can find abundant life in him. Those with zero minus zero in their bank accounts who find abundant life in Christ. Those with no friends who find abundant life in Christ. So anyone, my friends, Jesus has died for us. We can find abundant life in him. In the middle of your pain, in your captivity, Jesus is our abundant life. Amen. Galatians 5 verse 1 says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again. By the yoke of slavery. He came. He set us free. For freedom. So do not let yourselves again. Be burdened by it. We don't need to kill lambs anymore. To sacrifice. The lamb of God. Has done the work for you. It's for you to walk in. Acknowledge. Receive. And say my Lord I believe what you did. My Lord, you died for me. My Lord, you came to set me free. My Lord, you did it. So I'm taking it. I'm going to walk in it. He has loved it so much. God does not do things by halves. He promised the Israelites, this is what I'm going to do. I'm taking you to that land. He did it. You took them there. Jesus came. He died for us. I haven't had anyone who saw the grave with bits in it. The grave was empty. He rose again. Jesus is not in a coma where we are not so sure whether he rose again or not. He's not in a coma. He rose again. They saw him going to heaven. They saw him. They touched his hands. The pierced hands. They They saw him. He did it. He did it. It's yours for the taking. It's for you to believe. Or sometimes some of us don't really understand or believe that he did it. So that's another story of of our walk. Christ came that we can be free. Christ came that we can walk in freedom. Paul says this, I press towards the goal for the prize on the upward calling. Forgetting all behind. He is a man who knew in his past that there is nothing glamorous to think about. He had messed up big time. He knows. And so he says, my friends, I haven't really sussed it all out. But one thing I know is that I press towards. There is a calling above. There is a calling upon your life. It's from above. And so as we're going to see 2017 panning out, I don't know how your past has been. I don't know how your 2016 has been. 
I don't know how your many years past has been. Sometimes we can't gloss over the pain we've gone through. It's real. But my friends, as Paul said, I haven't sussed it all out. But what I'm going to do from today is to press forward. There is a calling up from above for my life. So that's what I'm going to focus on. Not behind. If you look at the Israelites where we read today, in chapter 13, as you go further, they get to a point when they leave Egypt, they have to cross the Red Sea. At that moment, they witnessed one of the greatest miracles in the Bible. Water parted. They walked through. They go on. God guides them in the pillar of a cloud and a pillar of fire. He never let them go without him. He came for them and he was going to guide them. And he did that. And so if we're going to see Red Seas parted in our lives, if we're going to see the hand of God upon our families, if we're going to see change in our communities, if we're going to see change in our lives, if we're going to walk in freedom, we need to leave our captivity. We need to decide today. Moses says to the Israelites, today you are leaving. If you read Exodus 14 from verse 1, God tells Moses this. This month, mark it in your calendar. Because it is a special month. It's going to start your own calendar. Moses reminds them, today you're going to celebrate this day. Because you are living. So my friends this morning, you're going to walk fully and embrace what Christ has done for us. We need to decide. Only you can decide. Only you can do it. Isaiah 52, he says, rise from the dust, O Jerusalem, sit in a place of honor. Remove the chains of slavery from your neck, O captive daughter of Zion. Only you can do it. Only you can do it. And so in closing, my friends, Jesus has died for you and me. He's died so we can walk freely. The waters of this world are going to be there. The heights are going to be there. We need to focus on Jesus. We need to let go of our fears. We need to hear what God says. We need to practice just moving in freedom and living in freedom. And so I don't know about yourselves. I don't know what your life experiences have been. I don't know where you think you want to see in the years to come. But it could just be today you decide. I need to walk in freedom. So if you can all stand. Thank you for listening. And we trust that the word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www. 
www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.